Welcome, and thank you for joining us today. I am excited to dive in and talk about God's word with you all today. But first, I should probably introduce myself. For those of you who don't know me yet, I am Sarah Logason, and I'm the middle school director here at Calvary. I have been here for just over a year, and I never would have pictured myself working with middle schoolers, but now I wouldn't have it any other way. This year has been a blast, and we have amazing students here at Calvary, and I've absolutely loved getting to know them all. A couple fun facts about me. Um, I have an amazing dog named Willow. I love rock climbing and adventuring outside, and I love coffee way too much. Ask my students, and they will probably tell you they're a bit concerned about how much coffee I drink. So I don't know how this season has impacted all of you. But for me, this season has hit different. The chaos of the last few months has definitely had an impact on my walk with God. It's brought up a lot of questions like, God, what is happening in our world right now? God, what are you doing right now? God, where are you? And it's brought a bunch of stress, I'm sure, just like the rest of you. And it's easy to doubt God. It's easy to doubt that he is in control, and it's easy to blame him for the chaos around us. Sometimes it feels easier to try and control the situation myself. My faith in God, my hope in him, and my love for him have all taken a bit of a hit, to be honest. And this season has shown me ways that I've been choosing to trust myself over trusting God. It's brought up insecurities, it's shown weaknesses I didn't know were there, and it's unearthed some pride and self-reliance. That being said, I think a lot of us are realizing that this season of life looks really different. I think that we are learning what it means to follow God in a new season. Right now, we're learning to trust God in a new way. We're learning to follow him and hope in him in a way that we've never had to do before. And I think we're also learning what it means to love God and love others on a new level through all of this. We're in a season of unknown where a lot seems unclear. Right now, the chaos feels pretty loud. And the unknown is really uncomfortable. Everyone is experiencing loss or change in some fashion right now. And I think it's been really easy for me to identify all of the bad things right now that are going on. It's easy uh, for the first thing for me to talk about being what I feel like has been stolen, killed, or destroyed in my life in this season. The first half of John 10.10 10 says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The hurt, the hopelessness, and the anxiety that we are experiencing right now is real. And these feelings are all really valid. But I'm glad the verse doesn't end there. I'm grateful that this is only part of the story. Now we are only seeing things imperfectly and without clarity. We're only seeing a partial glimpse of the story. The brokenness and the chaos that we see is only a partial view of what is happening in the story that God is writing. I went through a season in high school where I was really struggling with depression. I felt really broken, and I felt like things I used to hold on to couldn't keep me afloat anymore. I felt like I was sinking, and I didn't know where to find a life preserver. And it was so easy for me during that season to let depression be my whole story. 
It was so easy to claim that all I was or all I was ever going to be was someone struggling with depression. And it was really easy to say and to think that my story would always look like it did during that time. But during that season, God brought some really incredible people into my life. I had adults that came alongside me and came around me, and they helped me to see God's love even in the dark season. These adults showed me how loved I was, and they kept reminding me that the darkness doesn't last forever. They pointed me again and again to the incredible love of the Father. And this season of brokenness really showed me the beauty of God's grace. It taught me how dependable and reliable his love is. And it showed me how different my life could be when I knew I was loved by God. It showed me that brokenness is never the end of the story because our God is a God that brings life out of the darkness. Today, we are going to be talking about how God's love is our certainty in times of unknown. We're going to take a look at 1 Corinthians 13. So feel free to open up your Bible app or to uh, flip in your Bible um, to 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to be starting with verse 12. In the meantime, I'm going to give you all a little bit of a context of what is going on in this passage. So the books of 1 and 2 Corinthians are letters that were written by the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul was this guy that used to hunt down and persecute Christians. And then he was met by Jesus and spent the rest of his life traveling to share the good news to new places. Now, the city of Corinth during the time of this letter was known for being a great city of political power and cultural influence. And the people of Corinth were known for living lives of immorality. Paul enters this city that is famous for its drunkenness and for its sexual immorality. And he goes to Corinth and shares the good news about Jesus. And people start to listen. He, f- he starts the first church in Corinth. And he stays a while as it's still getting settled and it, as it's still um, growing. But then he continues on his journey and says goodbye to this church that he saw form from the very beginning. Paul has a deep love for this church, for the church in Corinth. And he's shocked when he gets this letter from his friends, um, the Corinthians. And they are describing all this conflict that is going on in their church. And they go to Paul and they're asking for advice on a couple different topics. So, The books of 1st and 2nd Corinthians are letters um, that are Paul's response to his friends in Corinth. And Paul guides the Corinthians through some of these topics. And he talks about what it means to be unified in Christ and to live a lifestyle that reflects God's love. And then we get to chapter 13. And he talks about the necessity of love. He shows that life without love is empty and that love is the most important thing. He describes the incredible power that love has. So through all of this, he's using the idea of love and talking about the importance of love to guide the Corinthian church through these unknowns. So let's go ahead and read. Again, it's 1 Corinthians 13, starting with 12. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, 
but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So we have a couple things going on in this passage here, and I'm going to lay out three main ideas that I see Paul talking about in these verses. Number one, right now we only see part of the story. Number two, God's love is the greatest. And number three, faith, hope, and love will last. So point number one, right now we only see part of the story. When Paul says that what we know now is only partial and incomplete, to me that's actually really encouraging. If what we were seeing now was the whole story, we would be incredibly hopeless. If the story ended in this season, honestly that would be a terrible ending and brokenness would seem to have won. And I think all of us are looking for signs that this season is going to pass soon. We're hoping that we will soon be on the other side. But thank goodness that this chaos we see is only part of the story. Because it means that the story is not over. And I think it also means that what we are experiencing is part of the story. What we are experiencing is real and is valid. But it's not the whole story. And it's not the finished story. Do you remember when Abraham was waiting on God's promise? God showed up to him and promised him a kid that would begin the bloodline that leads to the Savior. And after God makes his promise, Abraham waited for 40 years. During this time of waiting, I'm sure Abraham thought that God had given up on his promise. I bet he was asking God, why make this promise to me to just leave me here? And he even tries to make God's promise come true on his own terms. And he has a kid with his servant. And Sarah laughs at God and doubts God when he makes the promise. They had lost hope that God was going to come through. But that was only part of the story. God hadn't finished writing yet. And Abraham was only seeing part of the story. God shows up and gives Abraham the promised kid and was faithful in writing Abraham's story. And remember Moses, who was called by God to go to Pharaoh and demand freedom for God's people? Moses went day after day, and each time he approached Pharaoh, his plea was denied. And I'm sure that he felt like all his work all his boldness, and all his faithfulness to God was in vain. But God was still writing. God wasn't finished. He was faithful to the call that he gave Moses. And he was faithful to bring the liberation that he promised his people. Throughout the book of Judges, we see the Israelites wandering in the desert. They were just freed from the Egyptians, and soon after, they decided that God had freed them only to abandon them in the desert. They said it would have been better if they had stayed in Egypt. But God had not abandoned them. He was still writing, and he was faithful to bring them into the land that he had promised, because he is faithful to write the story. God's love is our certainty in times of unknown. 
Throughout scripture, God reveals himself to be the kind of God that cares about the story of his people. Over and over and over again, he shows up for his people and is faithful to the promises that he has made. He is faithful to finish what he has started, and he is faithful to finish the story he is writing. And I know the unknown is scary, and I know it is stressful, and I know that it is really uncomfortable. But I think love fills in the rest of the story here. The second thing that Paul talks about in this passage is that God's love is the greatest. God knows us completely. God knows me completely. He knows what is going on in my mind and in my heart and in my world right now. He knows the anxiety and the worry. He knows my fear of the future. And he knows the stress we are under. He knows how much it is taking from us to adapt to a changing world. And he knows that we aren't okay on our own. He knows our every thought and our every need, and he cares about them all. Throughout the pages of the Old Testament, we see God's people yearning for a savior. God's people are crying out to him because they know their offerings and their work are not enough to be in a right relationship with God. They begged for the promised Messiah to come so that they could be free to be in relationship with God. And God showed up big time. He showed up to say that he would take whatever means necessary to be in relationship with his people, to free his people from the bonds of sin, to free them from the binding weight of darkness and bring them into the light. Jesus on the cross is the greatest act of love God could have possibly done. And he continues to show us his love every day. And so even if it feels like nothing is certain, one thing we can know will always be constant is God's love for us. Because God's love is our certainty in times of unknown. 1 Corinthians 13 talks all about love. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've probably heard a message about this chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Sound familiar? We usually use this chapter to talk about what it means to love each other. And this is definitely true. I think Paul is definitely encouraging the people in Corinth, the church in Corinth, to love each other better. But I think that this passage also describes the way that our creator loves his beloved creation. I once heard a pastor say that if God is love, as 1 John 4 talks about, then we can go into this passage in 1 Corinthians and put God in where we see love. It sounds like this. God is patient and kind. God is not envious or boastful or proud or rude. He is not self-seeking. God is not irritable, and he keeps no record of being wronged. He does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth, the truth wins out. God never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. God is patient and kind with us, even when we are impatient and immature. God is not rude or proud, but he humbles himself so that we can know him and have a relationship with him. 
God isn't irritable when we choose our own way or when we don't love him the way that we should. He loves when the truth wins out because he knows the way that truth brings liberation for us. And he never gives up on us. He never loses faith in us. His hope is secure. His love endures through every circumstance. God's love for us will last forever. And this is the hope that we get to hold on to when everything else seems to be falling apart. His love is our certainty in times of unknown. The last thing Paul says in this passage is that faith, hope, and love will last. Earlier, we talked about John 10.10, where it says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I said that this is only part of the story. The second half of the verse says that Christ has come that we may have life to the fullest. God's love for us through the work of Jesus on the cross gives us a fullness to our life found in nothing else. God's love gives us the hope that the world can't offer and gives us security in our identity as God's children. It gives us fuel to love others as God has loved us. Christ has come that our lives may be full of hope, full of faith, and full of love. These three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love are things that don't ebb and flow based on what life brings, but are things that last through all circumstances. Because our God is a God of love. And God's love is what grounds us in faith, hope, and love. God's love never changes. And when we know that God loves us no matter what, we can have faith in the tough times, and we can have hope in the unknown. And that doesn't mean that we're never going to doubt. It doesn't mean that we are supposed to have it all together, know all the answers, or always be okay. We talked about these people that we see in the Bible that God used, and they struggled too. They had times when they felt hopeless, when they doubted God's faithfulness. And the hard times will come. We all go through ups and downs in our relationship with God. But what doesn't change is God's love. We have access to this love, to this hope, and to a life of faith when it shouldn't make sense. And when we feel like we don't have it in us or don't have what it takes. Because God's love is our certainty in times of unknown. So following God in the unknown in this season of chaos, I think looks like holding on to his love. Our hope through him, our faith in the kind of God that he is, are the things that can last whatever life brings. And even when our strength has reached its end, and when our patience for waiting on God has run out, his love still holds us. And he is faithful to be writing our story and sometimes in those seasons where we feel hopeless, we need a community around us speaking truth when truth feels really far away. And we need people reminding us of God's love and telling us that the brokenness won't last forever. I know we talk a lot about small groups here at Calvary, but it is because they are so important. 
If you are feeling like you need this kind of community, I really encourage you to look for a small group and sign up for one. Because we aren't meant to walk through life and our faith journey alone. And we need a community to thrive. And I think we're also called to be this kind of encouragement to others. We're called to be reminders of God's love for others and to be speaking hope to those that feel like hope is hard to find. If we know that we have this kind of hope, it has to motivate us to share that with those around us. We have this incredible source of hope. We have the knowledge that we are so deeply loved and so intimately known and so gently held. How can we keep this to ourselves? How can we keep this source of security and hope to ourselves when we see a world that is living in chaos and unknown? How can we stand by and watch and not let them in on the fullness that we have in Jesus? At Calvary, we talk about how each child should have five key adults that are on their team. When I was struggling with depression, the adults in my life that came alongside me changed everything. They made all the difference in the world, and they showed me what God's love is like. Maybe God is encouraging you to invest in the lives of young people. Maybe he is calling you to volunteer at a school, or maybe he is inviting you to be a small group leader for youth or kids. You just being there for a student could make all the difference in the world for them. We have also been talking lately about what it means to be a church that has no hurdles to hope. We want Calvary to be a place where people come and can encounter Jesus, where they can experience God's love and where they can be curious to know the creator more. What does it look like in your own life to be someone who is sharing God's love to those around them with no hurdles to hope? How can you show the incredible love of God to those around you so they may know how incredible this hope is too? So as you leave today and as you go into a new week, how can you cling to God's love as your certainty in this season of unknown? And how can you share this love with those around you so they can have this certainty too? Our story isn't over We are only seeing part. God's love fills in the rest because God's love is our certainty in times of unknown. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for being a God that loves us no matter what. And I thank you that we can have certainty in your love when everything else feels uncertain. uncertain. And Father, I just thank you that our story isn't over And I thank you that um, the brokenness isn't our whole story. I thank you that you are a God that brings life out of the brokenness. And Father, I thank you for the way that you empower us um, to be people that show hope to the world. Father, would you inspire us this week to be people that carry hope with us and share hope with those around us. We praise you for being a God that loves us and for being a good God. We just thank you for being who you are. Amen.